Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here together in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 154. Where we're going to talk about outfield is not a position as much as each position in the outfield has different responsibilities. Before we get into that, let's talk about the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support Everything Fast Pitch at the same time. Also, let's talk about patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Uh, Roger Kirkpatrick, thank you very much. You are the newest patron. Uh, we've been beating this drum now for about a month. We definitely need more patrons. It's exciting to have the people come on board that we've had in this last uh, month or so. It gives us hope, but we need many more of you to do so. If you're in a position where you can, if you see value in what we're doing, we're talking about 5 10 or $20 a month. And if we can get enough people to sign on, you know, we can uh, turn this thing around. Instead of being in the red every month, we can uh, start breaking even, hopefully. Yep, or let us share your business or your uh, you know, your products. Right. And we'd be excited to do that as well. Yeah, we'd always love to add advertisers as well. So become a patron if you can, or hook us up with some leads on advertisers if you know of any. So Don, Outfield. And one of the things we want to talk about is outfield as a position group is one of those things that I think sometimes people think of it as interchangeable, that if you can play in the outfield, that you can play any outfield position. And while some of that is true, to a degree, the reality yep. of it is that each one of those outfield positions is drastically different, has really different obligations and duties. You know, obviously, your first job in the outfield is always going to be making a play on the ball. You know, we've talked about the three Bs before, some positions. It's ball, backup, and then base. For others, it's the other way around. It's ball, then base, then backup. So obviously for our outfielders, we're always thinking about our first job is to make a play on the ball. Our second job is going to be backing up, and our third job is to be covering bases. But each one of those positions has different responsibilities, right? So And different skills, I think, uh, allow you to do a better job or, or to be a little bit more prepared for each of the different outfield spots. No, I think that's our, our last line of defense. And um, again, it's nice when when we have outfielders that are uh, capable of working at any of those positions. But just as you said, the role is different. And again, for them to be in tune with what, what they need to have uh, you know, as a priority is important. If we're going to win those tough games, we can't have mistakes out there. Right. Well, one of the things that I always chuckle at is people talk about fielding percentages and they talk about you know kids and, and what their fielding percentage is. And honestly, if you're an outfielder, if your fielding percentage is less than like 990, you're making a lot of errors, right, by most people's standards. And why is that so crucial? Because the outfield errors almost always cost us runs. You know, if there's an infield error, we always have an outfielder to pick up the ball and clean up the mess a little bit. But when the outfielders have problems, obviously there's, there's nobody behind them very often uh, to, to stop something from going wrong. So let's think about each position a little bit, Don, because I think uh, for all of us, 
uh, with coaching experience, we think about each position in the outfield a little bit differently. So center field to me was important, obviously, for a lot of different reasons. But the players that I was always happiest with in center field, speed was nice. Yeah. Whether you had speed or not, your ability to see the ball off the bat well, track it, and make decisions quickly was really the most important thing. Anticipate well. Right. Yeah. And a girl who played for me when I was coaching at Tennessee Tech had been a catcher her whole life. Her uh, name was Jennifer Markham, and Jennifer turned herself into one of the very best center fielders I've ever seen. And she had a really good knack for an instinct for reading the ball off the bat, seeing the angles right away, and within that millisecond of the ball being contacted, she was already going towards the right spot. She was athletic enough, fast enough that she you know, could run some balls down, but because she reacted so well, I think that that was a, a key thing. So center field, uh, your ability to react well and, and see the ball off the bat really well is great. Uh, having some speed is great, but if you react really well, you can make up for not necessarily having as much speed. No, I think that's uh, that's so true. I'm going to reminisce with you too. Then uh, one time we were playing each other, Tori, and uh, it was back in the titanium bat days. Yeah, and we had a young lady named uh, Shannon McDonough. Yeah, let's take that walk down memory lane. I'll so, never forget that ball. Who was it? Was it Aiken? Who? Yeah, Jackie. Aiken. Jackie Aiken hit yeah. the ball so far. Yeah, because we were playing on a on a 300 foot softball open. field. Yeah, yeah. yeah and Shannon just turned and started running. Yep. And I don't know how she came up with the ball, right? But, yeah. Well, it but, would, uh, just to put it in perspective. <laughs> I don't know if we are sure that it didn't bounce a few yeah, times and yeah, she acted like she caught it. But J- Jackie Aiken is, with, is without a doubt the most gifted, best hitter I've Strong ever coached. Strong young lady. She's yeah. one of the very best I've ever seen. And she led the nation in triples that year because we played a bunch of games on the 300-foot fences. Open fields, yeah. And she wasn't quite fast enough because the outfielders were standing 250 feet from home plate <laughs> so they could get to the fence and pick it up and get it in before she, you know, before she could score so she'd get the, the triples. But I remember that ball. We were playing at uh, Kentucky Wesleyan in Owensboro, Kentucky, playing at uh, Fisher Park. That's how much this is burned into my memory. <laughs> and when, when Jackie hit that ball, it was, it was an absolute missile. It was, but to what you were describing, Shannon just turned and ran. Yep. And and I, all I can remember is when she hit it, I got really excited because I'm thinking, man, that thing is crushed. It and was. Then I was watching Shannon, and I can remember this was exactly what was going in my mind. I went from super excited to like, oh my god, she's going to catch this ball. It was in the air for so long, and she ran so far. I actually had that conversation in my head, right? But yeah. because she got such a good jump on it, and she was fast enough to take advantage of the fact that she figured out where it was going very quickly, she caught that ball probably two hundred and ninety feet from home plate. Oh, it was crazy! It was one of those amazing things that if you didn't see it, you wouldn't believe it. I know our listeners like two hundred and ninety feet. Come no, on, you know, like for, the, for the, real, the, yeah, the the biggest fish you ever caught or whatever. It's like no, nope. it seriously was on like on the warning track of the slow pitch field at 300 feet away so center field get a good jump react to the ball well speed is great throwing for center fielders arm strength obviously we would like a better than average arm but center field is not the biggest position for throwing but it is a big position for having a lot of responsibilities with backing up the other outfielders and then also making sure that you're in positions to back up plays potentially in the infield balls that are hit up the middle or steals, or you know those kinds of things as well, and helping our center fielder understand that because 
the ball is coming from so many different angles that their backup responsibilities in center field are, are varied and complicated, and we need to spend enough time working on it to help them figure out how to do all those things. And typically, Tori, uh, that position would be kind of the outfield leader, right. would you say? Yeah, like, you're, you're, so, you're captain of the outfield. Yep, they can't be a quiet, shy approach. It's got to be you know, very exact. And, right, and, and they've got to be willing to, yep. to be vocal and, and take charge and, and help everything else happen. Now, right field to me was always the position that required the strongest throwing arm because trying to throw runners out at third base and home plate from right field required a little bit stronger arm. Very different position than center field. You don't have nearly as much ground to cover in fair territory because you got the foul line on your left. Even though you would like to catch those balls in foul territory, if you don't catch them, at we're, least it's not a strike. Hurt. It's yeah. not it's not a run or, or a chance or a rally. But a strong arm, again, awareness because you're backing up first base constantly. Um, you have to be able to get to the position to back up first base even when there is no pickoff play or throw behind going on because you never know for sure when it's going to happen. And one of the things that uh, I'm proudest of, uh, one of the kids that I work with who's uh, still just an eighth grader, when there's a runner at first base, every single time the ball hits the catcher in the glove, she sprints to that foul line to be in a position to back up a potential throw. For that one time, one and, day. And, yeah. you know, and she and I have talked about it. You know, Berkeley's a smart kid. She gets it. She knows she's going to run over there a thousand times before she touches the ball on a throw that gets away. But she knows that one time could be the difference between winning and losing. And, and so she does it every do time, it. Yeah. right? So she's got that grit and determination. Obviously, tracking the ball is is important, but also being able to see the ball off the bat and read the angles because you get the, for right-handed hitters, you often in right field get that ball that's slicing away from you when it gets hit. It's got that weird kind of spin on it, English on it. And so being able to read that and anticipate where the ball's really going is important too. Well, I like what you're saying about the strong arm. Obviously, we're going to be making throws to third base and to home on balls on that side, but as they get older, it's very cool when you get like a hard line drive one hopper to them, and they almost have a shot at first base right. too, right? Yeah, well, in some ways, right field is it has some infield skills attached to it. If you can play a little bit shallower because you track the ball really well, you do have chances to make that 9-3 put out at first base. On a nice yeah, one on, hopper, on jumps right up and, to and, you. And maybe yep. not the fastest runner on the other team. True. Okay, but, uh, but that's a good combination. And now when we think about left field, left field again, don't have to be quite as fast as center field because you've got the foul line on your right. So again, you know, the same thing that we said about right field, you've got a little bit of protection on some balls that if you can't quite get to them, that doesn't hurt you quite as much. Typically for the number of right-handed hitters that we see, left field is going to be a fairly active position. Should have some um, action. Yep. And, and now the reading the ball off the bat and understanding the angles and, and, uh, different things is important there too, but also the ability to read the the angle when the ball gets hit and, and how hard it's being hit as left field is the absolute nightmare position for that ball that you think is coming right to you. And all of a sudden it looks like somebody put a jet pack on it and just keeps right on keeps sailing and keeps over. right on going yep. over your head. And now still very important backup responsibilities in left field, not quite as often and as much as you would have typically at first base with your right fielder, but you still have a bunch of them because if you have a runner at second, your left fielder needs to be getting over to back up potential plays at third. And a lot of bunting action and stuff right. like that. And, and uh, I've always used the outfielders to back up plays. I know you know we've had this discussion a couple of different times on different podcasts about uh, using outfielders to cover bases. But I, I always go back to the big, th- the big three Bs. In the outfield world, 
Base is the third thing. So you cover a base as an outfielder as like an emergency situation in my way of thinking. When chaos is... And backing up is so much more vital. And so let's incorporate that into our, our system. You know, We want that left fielder to be ready to come in to cover third if something happens and nobody gets there on a bunt. But we really don't want to be throwing the ball to the left fielder covering third base because it's a long way for somebody to go pick it up if that throw gets away. I, I was going to say that kind of ends things once we yeah. miss that. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to watch them running around pretty fast after yeah. that happens. So coaches, we want you to keep thinking about each outfield position for what it requires to play it well. Don't lump it into one big thing. You you're have just to, an outfielder. Right. I've seen coaches do stuff like rotate the outfielders from position to position every inning and things like that. And I've never been a fan of that kind of thing because I think that the thing that we talked about that's most important for these outfielders is seeing that ball off the bat and reading the angles. And so to me, I think they need enough time in a position to really gain the experience that they need to see that. And if you have somebody that might be a great left fielder, but she's spending time in right field and center field just because she's an outfielder, um, we might be... uh, shortchanging her development a little bit. And the one other thing I will say, you know, for our coaches, the one thing that we have to do more of for all of our outfielders is set up in practice so that they're seeing balls hit from home plate in the positions that they're playing. One of the things that we fall into, um, you know, because the infielders are using the infield for infield stuff, that too much of the time the outfielders are out there like in a pile of people in center field and, you know, they're balls hit from right field from the foul line. Yeah. And, you know, basically they don't run very much. They don't have, you know, nearly as much ground to cover. And so one of the things we would always do is we would split the groups and we would have the infielders throw while the outfielders could use the field because your outfielders can do a lot of stuff of tracking the ball and making plays where they don't need to throw to bases. So, you know, we would have the infielders doing their throwing stuff while the outfielders would go right to the field. And so they would have the opportunity to be in their position and see dozens and dozens of balls hit from home plate. You know, sometimes it would be coaches hitting them. Sometimes it would be, you know, BP type of situations where the, you know, we would be doing front toss or something like that. So the balls would be getting hit a lot. Um, But we want to make sure that they're getting as much experience as we possibly can with them. If you're a left fielder in left field, watching that ball get hit at home plate so I can see the angles, hear the sound see where it's going, and put all those pieces together to get a much better jump and reaction to the ball. Tori, I really like what you're saying with that because, you know, if you think about balls being hit from a right-handed batter to right field, it has a huge slice on it very often. Yeah, and Those are the balls that run down in the corner and give us most, most of the trouble. And if you're just getting balls hit to you from the left field line or right field line, you're not going to be seeing any of that. For you to be able to react and to anticipate well, you got to see it in practice. So that's right. that's a really big point. And I understand like pregame routine and stuff like that. Sometimes if you're sharing a field, you can't necessarily sure. do it. Yeah. But in practice, we definitely need to set that up and do it as, as much as you possibly can. I'm also not a fan of wood bat fungos. I'll just tell you that is another one of my pet peeves for training outfielders. I understand the fungo bat makes it easier to hit that many balls, but there's not a single kid in our world that's ever going to play a game with a wood bat. They're never going to have a ball come off a wood bat. They're never going to hear the sound of a wood bat in a game. So coaches hitting balls or whenever we possibly can because again, for that recognition, a ball that gets crushed sounds different than a ball that gets blooped. And if I'm the left fielder and I hear a ball getting crushed off of a composite bat, 
I start to put together in my mind what that sounds like so that, you know, I'm, I'm maybe going to get a little bit better jump, get a little bit better read on the ball. All your senses are working together right. and that kind of masks it. Just makes me think of something else too, Tori, is, you know, I can't hit a fungal left-handed, so what about a left-handed batter for my left fielder? Right. Oh, and to be able to see that. Perfect. That's interesting. Yeah, perfect. And that's why, again, I think it's important to, to do some of it with your hitters hitting to right. your outfielders. So that they can see that, and you can have your slappers slapping because you know you get those yeah. bloopers in no man's land and stuff like that that have crazy spin on them. But you see it when you watch ESPN. You're watching these highly competitive games. There's tons of action on the ball. Yeah, and so we just want to do everything we can to help the outfielders be prepared. And one of those uh, challenges is for us as coaches to make sure we're seeing the differences between those positions, and we're doing everything we can to help each one of the players that's playing them gain as much knowledge and experience as possible so that they're as good at it as they can possibly be. So that's going to wrap up number 154. As always, please make sure you support Anderson Bat and patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Become a patron if you can. We really do need the help. Go to fastpitchprep.com, order your Square Cuts training discs there. You also have access to 700-plus blogs and a whole bunch of videos on the YouTube channel. So for Coach Don McKinley, our producer Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.